I got uh, fascinated just reading through here, and God began to minister some things to me, and it's pretty neat if you, uh, I hope that I can do it the way that, that God showed me, and we're going to talk about Samson a little bit tonight. And uh, his his updoings, his falling down, his updoings again, he's falling again. But there's one thing that you can say throughout his life that the Spirit of God was with him, whether he was right or whether he was wrong. And the Bible says that it, in, all, in four or five different spaces, it says that, that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God came upon him. And that's, uh, that's what I really want to talk to you about a little bit tonight. <clears throat> I've got some of this stuff wrote down. And Samson was definitely a man's man. We know about his strength, but he had a love for the ladies, and the wrong ladies at that. He liked the foreign ladies. See, he was not supposed to marry outside of, you know, Israel, but he liked Philistine women, he liked this kind of women, he liked the other kind, but never the right kind. And that tended to get him in trouble a lot. And uh, I wrote this little thing down, I don't know where I got it, I've had it in a book for a long time, and I was reading this, and it come up, and it, and it says, when you go where you shouldn't go, you'll see what you shouldn't see, then you'll hear what you shouldn't hear, and you'll do what you shouldn't do. And this is what I want to really emphasize on, on uh, even with Samson. He was in a lot of places he shouldn't have been. He was in a lot of places he shouldn't have, been, have went to. He's heard, he heard a lot of things that he shouldn't have heard. And God had a special plan for him. Do you know that he was a judge for 20 years? And judges. He was a judge over Israel for over for twenty years. And in this twenty year span, when he first got on the picture, the Philistines had taken taken over Israel. They'd taken them over. Israel had no more charge. And then the Bible will will uh We'll go back here to chapter 13. I don't want to read a lot. I just want to talk a little bit. Will told me he didn't have very much. This morning he lied. <laughs> but it was good. Yeah, I called him and I said, you got something? He went, eh, just a little bit. And I went, a little, he went, yeah, I don't know if it'll last 15 minutes. So, I hope my little bit ain't as long as his. 
<laughs> but it says here in, in chapter 13, it uh, talks about the children of Israel did evil against the side of, of the Lord, verse 1. And the Lord delivered them to the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. And there was a certain man of Zorah, of the family of whoever, whose name was Mona, or Monet, or what. And his wife was barren, and bare not. And it says in verse 3, Then the angel of the Lord appeared unto this woman and said unto her, Behold, now thou art barren and bearest not, but thou shalt conceive and bear a son. So here she's went all her life not being able to have no kids, but the angel of the Lord come to her and said, You're going to have a son and it says uh, now therefore beware I pray thee drink not wine nor strong drink and eat not any unclean thing for lo thou shalt conceive and bear a son and no razor shall come upon his head for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hands of the Philistines. So here you've got a lady that has been barren for many years. And all of a sudden the angel of the Lord appeared. Now there's a spot up here in, in uh, the India of the ending of the 13th chapter or the beginning of the 14th one, it talked about the father told uh, his wife that the angel that they seen was God. And I thought that was pretty neat. You know, you, you hear a lot of people say, well, nobody's never seen God, but it comes to find out there's a lot of people seen God. And... He gave, this angel gave special, special orders. Not to drink of strong drink. Uh, you eat nothing that's unclean. And you do not shave him. You don't put a razor to him. And, uh, you know, as he grew up, like I said, he lived, instead of living by faith, he, li he lived by uh, sight. Where we live by faith from day to day, he lived from what he liked in front of him. Uh, I mean, he was a womanizer. He loved horse. I mean, it's just the bottom line. My opinion of him would be, everybody ever seen, how many seen Lonesome Dove? You seen There's something wrong with them. <laughs> but in Lonesome Dove, there's a guy named Gus. And he loved the horse. And this is about what this reminds me of right here. Because he wouldn't take 
a lady of his own origin. He always went outside, and that caused him trouble. He always went where he shouldn't have went. He had no respect for his parents because his parents brought him up in the mindset that God told them that this is going to be a special kid and this is your orders. Don't give no strong drink. Keep him away from any unclean thing. And I mean, don't shave him. And if his parents was walking this way, he would veer off the road and, and find his own way. He's very, very dependent upon himself. He didn't like to depend on other people. Now, Job 14, Chapter 14, verse 3. Let's go to 2. And he, and he came up and told his father and mother and said, I have seen a woman, and said, I, I've seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now therefore, get her for me to, for my wife. Then his father and his mother said unto him, is there never a woman among the daughters of the brethren or among a people that thou should take as a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. And his father and his mother knew not that it was of the Lord that he sought an occasion against Philistines, for at the time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. So he knew growing up that he was not supposed to marry out of his breed, out of Israel. He was taught that growing up. But this right here shows me he had no respect for his parents. He had no respect for the law. And he had no respect for what God wanted for him. Because he always went the other direction. No matter what he was doing, he always went the wrong direction. And he was an awesome man of God. He was a mighty man of God. But he lived... By what he's seen. He liked beautiful women. And he pursued them passionately. And that, that was his ultimate ends. Instead of, of marrying an Israelite, he went from one woman to another woman that was a whore to another woman that was a whore. And he, he found this girl right here, and he told his dad, he, he said, go get her for me. She pleases me well. 
So his dad goes out and gets her. And he separated himself from his parents. And on the way down to this place to where they were supposed to be married, his mom and dad was going down one path. Well, Samson decided he was going to take a shortcut. So he went through a vineyard, which number one was he wasn't supposed to be around that. And then a line come up on him. And back then, they classified lion as, as a, the most powerful animal, fierce. And the Bible says that the Spirit came mightily upon him. In verse 6, now him doing wrong and doing what he wasn't supposed to do, but yet still, look, the Spirit came mightily upon him to kill the lion. That seems like a double standard. But he was trying to carve his own path and not the path of what God wanted him to be, and that was a judge. And, and he was a judge. And the Bible plainly states, for 20 years, he sat in judgment over Israel. And I don't know how old he was. I don't know. I should have researched that and seen how old he was when he died. But the way it looks, he wasn't a very old man when he died. I mean, he, he ruled Israel for 20 years. And then he chased women for part of those 20 years. Plus he was set in judgment over Israel. And so I think, I don't know exactly his age, but I wish I did because it, it couldn't have been very much. Because he started out royalty. He started out with a purpose. And that goes back to that first thing. When you, when you go where you shouldn't go and you see what you shouldn't see, you'll hear what you shouldn't hear. And this right here is how most married couples have problems. And I want you to hear me, hear me good. It's not so much about Samson as it is about that one phrase. You can go into a store. I say, Daniel, you go into the store. And it's a store you never stopped at to pick up your coffee. And you got bragged on a little bit. And you thought, well, that felt good, you know. A little woman smiled at me and kind of... You know, rolled her eyes around. So, what's Daniel's choice the next morning? Go to a different place and get coffee, or let's go back and get somewhere. She's a little struck on me. Now, this is the way it starts. Even with women. 
your husband ain't paying no attention to you, guess what? Somebody gives you a compliment and starts ringing your bell a little bit, guess what's going to happen? They're going to go back, and they're going to go back, and they're going to go back, and then the next thing you know, they've done something they shouldn't have done. They heard something they shouldn't have heard. And then the next thing you know, you've got a... That's all right, just throw them in the floor. They don't need to be... <laughs> But this is the way things happened, and this is the way Samson was. He loved being somewhere where he shouldn't be. And it's important, and we as Christians, the devil does us that way. Well, here's something that tweaks our interest. The next thing we know, we, we ponder on it, and then we think, what if? And then we go... And the next thing you know, you're sucked into a trap you can't get out of. And it's very, very easy nowadays. It used, it's, I mean, the marriage, the divorce rate right now is like, like 50-something percent, 50, over 50, is the divorce rate right now. And you know what that is? A bunch of unhappy people that somebody shows a little kindness to, and the next thing you know, you was stopping at getting coffee over here, but now we're going here every morning. And then on your way home, you might slide by another place that was giving you a little tension too. So you're going where you shouldn't go. You're hearing what you shouldn't hear. Next thing you're going to be doing is something you shouldn't do. And that's what this is all about tonight. So he, he told his dad about this first little old girl. And uh, they were going to wed. And usually back then when, when they had a wedding, the man was supposed to bring 30 men with him as groomsmen to take care and prepare and do everything that they should. He didn't bring nobody. Him, his mom, and his daddy. So he gets over there, and they see he ain't got no groomsmen, so they give him 30. So They supplied him. They'd done everything that they're supposed to do. And at the wedding, see, he was a witty, witty person. He liked to be cunning. He liked to be witty. He liked to use riddles. He liked to amuse himself that way. And he put a riddle out there. And he said, if you can solve this riddle during the seven days of this feast of a wedding, I'll give you this, this, and this, and if you don't, then you'll give me this, this, and this. Well, he told them the riddle, and uh, no one could solve it. No one can figure it out. 
So his wife cried seven days. Seven days in a row she cried, and, and she cried because he didn't tell her the answer to the riddle. He didn't even tell his mom and dad because he knew nobody would figure it out. So he finally told his wife-to-be the end of the riddle. Now, I want you to look in chapter 14 and verse number 8. No, it's not in the verse number 8, it's verse number 18, sorry. And he said in verse 18, And the men of the city said unto him on the seventh day, Before the sun went down, What is sweeter than honey, and what is stronger than a lion? And he said unto them, If ye had not plowed with my heifer, ye had not found out my riddle. Now, he was calling his wife to be a heifer. Which, that's stepping the wrong way right off the bat. But what he was really saying, if you had not bugged and bugged my heifer, she wouldn't have been unfaithful and told you the end of the riddle. So that was vengeance number one to, to Samson. So he takes and he kills all 30 of the men. And it says in, in 14, 19, it said, Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he slew 30 men and then he took their stuff. He just killed them and took everything they had. Then chapter 15 comes around. And he was, uh, verse 1 it says, And he was harvesting wheat, and uh, he'd went to visit his wife and kid. Well, he found out that somebody else had given his wife to some other man. So, in verse 2 it says, He went to get his wife and found out that her father had given her to a companion, and she was with child. Now, vengeance number 2 is getting ready to happen. He'd just been working in the fields. Tim, you know you'll understand this, and some of you, I hope you do. But when he was working in fields and that weed down, it's dry. When corn is ready to be took care of, it's dry. So Samson got ticked off at this giving away of his 
little wife that he went and caught 300 foxes. And he would take a thing and tie it at one fox's tail on this side, and he would take another fox and tie it right here, and he'd light it on fire and then shoo it. And he shoo, he, he run a bunch of foxes on fire through their wheat, their corn. Everything that they had was burnt slap up over them doing something to him. Didn't, didn't appreciate. So he went to the next little town. And he found him another one. And he married her. And that didn't work out too good. And then he went to number three. Delilah. He liked what he seen. And he really wanted her but all the people that was around was wanting to know is where did he get his power from where is he getting all this immensible power and that's what everybody was after the whole time he was alive what makes this man so special that he has this super supernatural strength number one it was because his mother obeyed God number two but you know in, in looking at this even in his doing of bad things The Spirit of God always came and rested on him for revenge. Because he was set up to be a judge. Here something happens to him, the Bible says, and the Spirit of God or the Spirit of the Lord came and rested upon him. He had to go get 300 foxes and the 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 spirit of god helped him catch those 300 foxes so that breaks the myth number 1 that the holy spirit will never help you get something natural we was always taught was we not that the holy spirit will give you inward but never give you a natural being but if you'll read this close, you'll find out that the Spirit of God will give you also material things. It will, they will come to you when you asked. And so, this is where his demise was. He was not an honorable person. And sometimes in between this time here, he judged Israel for 20 years. He was a womanizer. He was one that wasn't true. 
to their religion. He always went against the grain. And, I, and that's another thing for the young people. Anytime you try to go against God, guess what? Destruction comes. But he fell in love with Delilah. And he knew what they were after, Tim. He thought he could outsmart them. And he, and he told them one thing. And it didn't work. And he told them another thing. And that didn't work. But he gave in. And he knew he wasn't supposed to tell nobody this. And he told Delilah that his strength was in his hair. So Delilah just pets him, rolls him right around there. Just let, the Bible says he fell asleep in her lap. And when he woke up, instead of having his locks and having his strength, he was a nobody. No more strength. I mean, he even got mad in chapter 14 and they were laying the weight outside and he tore the gates off the entrance and carried them up to a certain hill and if you'll look it up, I looked it up, it's 20 miles. He carried them gates. 20 miles. This is the gates to a city. It says that he ripped it out of the walls, both and he threw them up on his shoulder and he carried them 20 miles. So we're talking about a massive strength. And the devil thought that if he could just get his hair cut and calm him down, that he'd have it. So he done, he, he, he thought he was too cunning. He always joked around. He always did things that he shouldn't have. He went places he shouldn't have went. He heard things he shouldn't have heard. He done things that he shouldn't have done. And this time, he got caught. When he woke up, he was weak as Brian. A massive man. And what did they do? They grabbed him. The Bible says they put his eyes out. A judge. A judge over Israel. And then they made him, they tied him up and made him like a horse. He had to go around and he run aground in stone. He was hooked up and had to walk around in circles all day long pushing this thing. But what they didn't know, his hair was growing back. And they wouldn't pay no attention. He didn't open his mouth this time. He kept just pushing that grain. And they was going to take him up into a thing and he told this little boy, He said, if you'll show me where the columns are, 
and you let me get a feel of them, that's all I need you to do, and you get out. So here they go. They tie him, shackle him up, going to heckle him, you know. They was having this big conference on, you know, what the Philistines could do to Egypt and, and Israel and all this. And they had him up there. <clears throat> and his hair grew back enough that he broke them pylons. He killed them, but he killed himself. He gave the ultimate sacrifice for the people that he loved. And I guarantee you while he was in that prison cell with his eyes jabbed out and being mocked every day, probably being spit on, and they was using him to turn wheels and do manual labor that any other time he could have took one hand and spun it like he would on Wheel of Fortune and got it done. This time he was having to shove, push and shove with everything that was in him. And I'm, I want you to listen to me. I love to joke around. I love to do pranks. But when it comes to your spirituality, don't never, ever give the devil an opening. Don't never think you can outwit him. The only thing that you can do is outpower him. But never give him the opportunity to do to you what they did to Samson. And I think it's a, it should be an eye-opener for everybody. Enticing words are not very good coming out of the wrong mouth. And I'm so thankful that I've got a wife sitting back there that stood beside me 34 years when they were people in the church saying, divorce him, get rid of him, he's no good. And she found something in me and seen something in me that she said, no, I ain't giving up. And folks, I want you to feel a love like that. And I would not jeopardize one thing for the loss of that. That's why I wanted to bring this little, I don't even call it a message. But we've got a pastor that is in a, a place away from his wife and there's one thing that I know in my heart is that Bill loves Kim and it would be hard to be that far away 
But I think right now that we as a church need to lift Bill Dyer up as high as we can. And I believe right now as a church we need to lift up Kim as high as we can. We also as a church need to lift the family. You got charity, will, Casey. Then you've got me. I, when she's at home, she's at my house laying on my sofa, and I've got my chair right beside of her. Because I lost years over my arrogant ignorance. I done what I wanted to do. I seen what I wanted to see, and I got what I got. And it was nothing but heartache. Nothing but heartache. And you know, you know Cheryl don't like me to say this very much, but you're looking at a guy that could have been put up on eight counts of attempted murder. They were going to write it up that way. And RJ and Hope was talking to all the law that was there trying to get them to stop. And I wasted the years that just started at the farm till the time I come up here thinking I was hurting Kim I was doing this to Kim and I was doing this you know didn't care but I did I lost years I really did we didn't even have Christmas together for a couple years and that's one thing we always do as a family. We come together and have Christmas Eve dinner and we open presents and we just fellowship. And I wouldn't give nothing for that now, Zach. And that's why I'm wanting you and I want all these young men and women, you too, Callie, you, all these girls in here. There's going to be a guy out there one day it's going to try to entice you with words. And if he can get your mind off focus, just a minute, guess what? That seed was planted. That seed just got planted. And in the back of that mind, and I'm not saying this about you, period. I'm just using you as an example. But when that seed goes in the back of that mind, guess what? When something happens hard at home or something like that, guess where your mind goes? To that thing that was planted back there. And that's the way that Samson got destroyed. An ordained judge taken down. For being in a place he shouldn't have been, hearing things he shouldn't have heard, and seeing things he shouldn't have seen. 
And I hope tonight this has helped you a little bit because I'm, I'm telling you folks, you need a partner in life. And you need somebody that you can sit and share and just hold. I mean, I don't, I just grab Cheryl and hug her all the time. Just, she goes by, I just want to touch her. So I just ask you tonight to think about this. Think about when you're out. How you're conducting yourself. And, and, uh, you're always portraying God, but people's looking not only at your church behavior, but they're looking at your Walmart behavior too. And it was said earlier today, they should know you're a Christian without even asking by the way you handle yourself. And I thank God for this church. I thank God for every one of you in here. I may not get to say that to each and every one of you, but I love you with everything that's in my heart. With everything. And I would do whatever it took to get to you, whatever, whatever you needed. But I just ask tonight that you pray for Kim and Bill. You, you pray for them. You pray for hope. The devil is trying his best to break up a 16-year commitment. And it's real easy, guys, if you take your eyes off the prize just for that one second. devil got opportunity to get in. So stand to your feet tonight. Samson was worth more than what I just give you, but if you think you're a cutie pie tonight <laughs> and that the devil can't get to you, you better rethink it because he's crafty. Everybody likes a good practical joke. But the devil, if he's playing with the practical joke, it's for keeps. So I just, uh, anybody out there got anything they need prayed about? A body part that's aching? Listen, you need to uh, really lift up Kim. Cheryl was with her this morning and she said she preached and she sung and uh, she was just having her good time. I mean, yeah, it is awesome because in the shape she's in, it'd be hard for me to be preaching and singing, but she, Cheryl said she just sang and she looked back and said, turn it up, Pearl. <laughs> so, 
But if you just need anything, anything at all, God's always able. I just, and I just hope that you take that one little spot there that I said. When you go where you shouldn't go, you hear what you shouldn't hear. You'll see what you shouldn't see. So, I love yous. I love you with everything that's in me. And I'm about like Will. Yins, I have to look over us a little bit because our heart's in Maribel as much as it is here. But it's just hard to get your focus. So remember our family, our whole family. My dad got tore up today, and he don't do that very often. So, you know, just remember us. Remember us and mainly remember Kim and Bill. Call Bill. Call Bill and let him know that you're thinking about him. Amen. That you love him. And, and you know, he's a, he's a man like us. He's got a heart. Even though he don't act like it sometimes, he's got one. <laughs> All right, and nobody need no prayer. Everybody's cool. All right.